Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome into the new Wildcast Studios for the final regular season episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats, as always, fan listeners. I am your host, Adam Lund, also known as Adorable O'Gratton on St. Patrick's Day, and of course, I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, known as Jolly McWiggles. Mr. Jeremy Boucher, I'm assuming those came from something that Avery brought home. Yeah, it's one of those little kids' books where it's pick your, make your own, yeah. make your own unicorn name, and um, I don't hate it. I was really hoping that the Wildcats would jump on board with something like that. I know I mentioned it to you, but if a player scored, you would announce their goal as like their unicorn, or sorry, they're not their unicorn, <laughs> the same Patty's name, leprechaun name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I, c- I could even think, but let's see who's uh, who's a player we can figure out their their leprechaun name. I know it's a little little late past uh, St. Uh, Patrick's Day here, but give me uh, give me a name and I'll figure out their their leprechaun name. Uh, who scored? Well, there's two people that scored that game: yes, Alexi true. Daniel and Cole Bishop. Yeah, so let's go with uh, Cole Bishop's uh unic leprechaun name what month is he born in can we, are we able to uh, check that really quickly yeah i would love to if i had like internet that was working well that's, that's welcome to new internet that's your bell internet um, <laughs> <coughs> um yeah so it's basically cole's uh, leprechaun name would be first name would be cheerful yeah and he's then born in uh monthly uh, born in cole bishop july july so cheerful McNoodles. <laughs> Triple McNoodles. That's that's pretty bang on. And Alexi Daniel is uh, August. August. So you're looking at uh, adorable O-Wacky. <laughs> Which is basically what he did when he scored. He just whacked it uh, whacked it in. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a pretty decent atmosphere in there. Um, I like the green jerseys. It was good to, uh, good to see them get uh, back to doing something for a theme night other than just calling it a theme night on the face. Uh, well, one of us still has a team in March Madness. That's, that's me. That's you. That's yeah, you. That's I me. am not. Like, what are the odds Princeton upsets Arizona? Well, you know, you know, you know what they say about Princeton. It's no. an I- Ivy League school, so they're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're the first Ivy League school to make the Sweet 16 in friggin' I can't even remember how long it's been. I think well. Cornell was the last team to do it, but that was – Years and years ago, yeah, Gonzaga's still in it. Uh, Sweet Sixteen, gone to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Drake uh, bowed out to Miami, uh, uh, Miami, Florida in the first round, which sucks because they had a, I think, a lead going into the fourth quarter and then just blew it. Oh really? Uh, and then yeah, Arizona, your team out in the first round against I, 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 the nerds. Yeah, against the nerds. That's what's so good about that tournament is. Yeah. Anything can happen at, at any point. And we saw it. F. Yeah. Dixon and uh, we mentioned F. Firma. Dixon. We, we mentioned F. Dixon we last did. week on the show and Furman. And we even mentioned Furman last week on the show. And they were more like Cinderella's, but they're both out now. Yeah. But those are uh, those are mon- monumental upsets. And that's, uh, that's the beautiful thing about March Madness is one uh, one loss, one bad game, and you're, you're out. Yeah. Which, shout out to Dave for putting a – March Madness style CHL playoffs um, together. I know Moncton was the 30th seed, I think. Mm-hmm. They went actually to the Elite Eight, I believe. 
Is that right? I think mm-hmm. they. Yeah, I believe so. I wasn't. I wasn't very happy with the final. No, what was no. the final? Oh, well, actually, was it the final? Anyways, I think well, Quebec eliminated Barry, which oh. uh, I wasn't very happy. Makes sense. It's uh, you know. <laughs> Is that why you ran it on the show today? Yeah, <laughs> you know they made they made it that far. Yeah, only to lose a Patrick Waugh. So it was uh, that was actually Been there. I, was, I was impressed with uh, with that uh, piece of work by. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed by the piece of work from the piece of work himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, am I better at picking Big Brother than I am at picking March Madness? Well, uh, who was your who was your Big Brother again? Dave, I think. Was it Dave? Well, Dave's still Zach. around. Zach is still around. I think Zach's going to be a target here coming up soon. Uh, JM or John John Michael, I believe his name is. He was the, he was evicted last week. And I uh, haven't actually gotten around to watching the uh, Head of Household because it uh, closed the show, I think, last on Thursday. And I don't believe there's been an episode ever since. Okay. So I think, well, by the time this show is released, there would have been another show. Uh, but I'm not going to go in. I guess I could spoil because, yeah. well, no, I'm not going to. But, yeah, John Michael was the first one evicted, which uh, for me I think was – very early for him to be evicted because as he said while he was walking up the stairs to exit the house it's a good thing he got him out early because he probably would have won the game anyways all right oh yeah he was he was super super good on the social game and uh, i just don't think he aligned himself with the with the right people to start off and so that's uh that's what happens and yeah so I, i think he i had i think he had everything to to actually win win big brother but i don't know maybe there's gonna be one of those gain back or win back or mm-hmm. you know playback uh catches later on in the season which there usually is in which uh, maybe he's back in but uh, that's to be determined but yeah jm john michael first one evicted when i thought he'd had a pretty good chance to win it all all right so i'm still I never watch any big brother but i'm still better at picking that than i am at march madness which a lot of people are probably better picking big brother people than they are um, at picking uh, March Madness. As always, don't forget, uh, you can follow us on the social medias, Moncton Wildcast on the Twitter, Wildcast Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast. And as always, like and subscribe on the YouTube. Quick question. Uh, it is brought to us by Mr. Will Report to Bay Como, Denny Dorian. Um, as the biggest Wildcat fans in the city, who do you want to face and who do you least want to face when the playoffs get started next week? Um, least is easy for me. It's Charlottetown, and I've said it three weeks now and I've said it I said it on the live after playing them and I said it after the overtime loss up in Charlottetown that I was there I want absolutely nothing to do with the Jim Holton team in the playoffs they just they play a certain style um they give Moncton all kinds of fits so for me the least team I want to face would be Charlottetown um I, I think the team that I would want to face would be Bay Como just because they're a little bit younger. Um, you're gonna that one's probably gonna be a two three two series. I would imagine of the three teams or four teams that we have a chance to play, Bay Como and Shakuta me the only two three twos. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'd rather face Bay Como if I have the chance. I just think we we match up pretty well against them. Well, it's, uh, I'm looking at the math here. Charlottetown's got uh, 59 points, three games left. So the most they can get would be 65. Um, really, if we for me, I, I think it's for me it's Cape Breton. 
Okay. I don't want to face Cape Breton. They've, uh, you know, we haven't been able to uh, slay the dragon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is the uh, Cape Breton Eagles all season. And obviously playoffs are, are different, but I think they pose a little bit more of a test uh, than, than the Islanders. That's nothing against Charlottetown or Jim Halton or Jacob Robillard. I just think that Cape Breton would be a tougher uh, a tougher opponent. I, I have to agree with you. I'd love I'd much rather face uh, Bay Como at this point. Um, Shikudami, I would be okay with Shikudami as well, but I think uh, Bay Como is kind of that. I don't want to say easy, but um, inexperienced. There's that, but at the same time, you know, look what we did to Bay Como a few years ago. Yeah, they yeah. could uh, see that as a opportunity for. The organization could see that as an opportunity for revenge and, uh, you know, come in and upset us in the first round. So um, that's just the glorious thing about playoffs is anything can uh, can happen. And But for me, I think, uh, I mean, I'd rather play Bay Como and uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully it ends up in our favor. I think, too, for us on, on who we'd least like to face, you don't want to face your division opponents mm-hmm. in the playoffs. They have so much history on, yep. on each other. That if you can avoid it, you only play Ramuski, Shikudami, and Bay Como twice, and I think we went four and two against them uh, on the season in the six games. Mm-hmm. Or did we go three and three? Did we beat Bay Como early in the year? We beat be on the this road. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. We might have gone four two. We might have gone three or three. But I just think, yeah, Shikudami on that big ice that would pose a a bit of a, a threat, especially when it's probably two three two, and if we hosted it and they were able to steal one game here in Moncton. Then you got to at least steal one on the big ice there. Um, Ramuski, just weird things happens up there. So yeah, yeah Como beat us at the Avenir in early November. So, we that. so we're three and three. No, four and three and three. Yeah, <laughs> beat beat, beat Ramuski twice. Split with Shakutami and split with with Baycomo. So either way, I just want to be at home to start the playoffs. That's that was my goal was third. Your goal was home, and so far the Wildcats have. Done well to get both those goals uh, happening. There, there's been a, uh, I guess, a sense of you, you can tell there's been a sense of urgency mm-hmm. uh, in, in the team uh, in the past uh, few weeks, and you know I think we made a. I know they had individual player meetings with uh, with Lacroix, so it seems as if those meetings have kind of woken up the group, which is which is good. And there's players who are playing. Uh, some of their best hockey of the of the season at this point. So we need uh, we need that to keep up. Yeah, they're one of the four hottest teams in the queue in the last ten. It's Gatineau at ten and zero, but they haven't lost in three months or some silliness like that. Twenty one and zero. Sherbrooke is nine and one. Halifax is nine and one, and Moncton's eight and two. So that's they're playing their best hockey exactly when you need to play your best hockey, and that's in the last month of the season going into the playoffs. Yep. And hopefully that uh, translates. Either way, I just. I'm just excited we're going to the playoffs, and we have a chance at falling uh, home, or not falling to home, uh, falling not past six, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Uh, let's get to some news and notes around the queue. Notes from around the queue. All right, it appears uh, the QMDHL will ban fighting in the 2023-2024 season. Of course, we don't know the specifics. Uh, but I'm hearing, and obviously you're hearing all the same thing, um, likely kicked out of the game, suspension for the next game. Again, it's the hill I've been dying on all year. I don't have a problem with it. 
but the penalties for the little shit has to get better. Uh, we saw Hamel hit a guy from behind in the Charlottetown game, kick him out. Um, we saw, I think, Simon Hughes' knee loshing. Like, fuck, he was okay. Kick him out. Like, that's those should not be two-minute penalties and you get to come back if fighting is going to be banned. And the refs have done a really good job this year when they do want to fight. They get in it so they don't fight. But if you're going to kick them out for a game, there better be some punches thrown. None of this. They dropped their gloves so we considered a fight, and now they're suspended because their gloves fell off. Mm-hmm. I think this is. Int- I think this is going to be one of those things that takes time for players to adjust. Yeah. You know, I. I there's there's some players that are just going to immediately. The instinct inside their body is to drop the gloves and start fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's you're already seeing some. You, We've seen a few times this year where two guys want to go at it and the linesmen just jump in and, and stop. So it's almost like, is that what they're going to be doing next year? It's just, you know, jumping in and stopping a fight from happening. Well, you know, if, if there's a player that gets uh, a little cuckoo in his head and starts skating around trying to find the guy, well, yeah. you know, the linesmen are going to have a tough time chasing after uh, a player if he, uh, you know, lost uh, – marbles yeah exactly <laughs> it's a good way of putting it better yeah. better way of uh what i would have you know put it but uh i think it's gonna take time for players to adjust i wouldn't yeah. be surprised if there's four or five fights on the first game of you know first day of the regular season next year just and because just because get it out of your system see if the league actually is true to their word and if it gets suspended fine if not well yeah we know there's a loophole yeah because i know in the OHL, I think it's three fights, and then you get suspended. But we just got to have better – like this – the referees already have a tough enough job yep. determining what's a fight, what's an instigator, blah, blah, blah. Now you're going to see kneeing. You're going to see hit blindside hits. Like those are the dangerous hits that I have a problem with. Like I said, Hamel should have been kicked out. Game misconduct for hitting a guy from behind. Simon Hughes, who knees Loshing, I think it was Baudouin and somebody else come after him. Well, if it was Hamel, the gloves were off and he was going to start throwing fists mm-hmm. because he's the, that old school type player. But they didn't really throw hands because they know that it would have been five and a ten for fighting a guy that's already taken lotion out. So th- that's just the situation you're going to see as we continue to go on next year. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, Charles Antoine Pilat was suspended five games for violating the anti-discrimination policy. He will miss the final three games of the season, uh, including the pivotal one against Sherbrooke, as well as likely game one and two. Um, the QMJHL team of the week is a Moncton-inspired one. As yeah, we had two couple, players. A couple of them. A oh, couple of them. Geez. Joshua Waugh for the Phoenix. Three games, three goals, five assists. Matias Milovsky from Bay Como. Huh? That's your guy, yep. Yeah. Uh, three games, six goals. So maybe just disregard what we said earlier. About I don't <laughs> think it was six goals. I think it was six assists. Oh, was it? I think so. Okay. I think that's an error because uh, he has six goals all season. Oh. So... <laughs> All right, Alexander. Pretty Duce. sure it was six assists. <laughs> Alexander Doucette from Halifax, three games, four goals, four assists. Etienne Moran, uh, three games, three assists in three goals as well, plus six. He's uh, chasing someone as he's getting the, putting the puck in the net. Tristan Leno from uh, Gatineau, one goal, four assists in the three games. And then goaltender of the week was Jacob Steinman, 2-0, a 9-2-3 save percentage, and a 2.3 goals against average. Your player of the week was Alexander Doucette from 
Halifax uh, with three games, four goals, and four assists. Your Wildcats Boucher team of the week? Uh, me time. <laughs> uh, yes, so let's um, let's start it forward this week. Uh, I'm going with Jordan Dumay. Not Not because of the points. Yeah. But with all the ice time he gets with the Mooseheads, he's only taken six minutes in penalties all season. Lady Bing Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Mr. Sportsman-like. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I have uh, Tyler Peddle. Uh, Eagles legend. Eagles legend, that's correct, who recorded his first career four-point game against nice. Ruin Aranda. Uh, I must say, definitely a dis- disappointing start to his Q career and uh maybe Cape Breton made the right decision yeah to trade the pick uh following if following no <laughs> sorry next one uh <laughs> Ross Campbell of the Charlottetown Islanders uh started the season with the Knights in midget AAA yep. and uh signed with the Islanders after Christmas Averaging half a point a game ever since. And uh, if you were going a projected meter, that's almost, I mean, that's 35, 40 points in a season. If you were not to, bad. not bad for uh, for a player who was, I think, I forget even what round he's picked in. But uh, I think, I don't know if it was an early round or a late round, but not bad for a, for a 16-year-old who's... You on know. a team that is like, yeah, rebuilding. Well, right? That's like, it. Yeah, he seems to be getting some uh, fourth round in twenty twenty two. Fourth round. So yeah, he's getting some uh, some responsibilities in Charlottetown that not a lot of players who uh, you know that are sixteen would would be getting on on other teams. Yeah. Uh, on defense, I have uh, our very own Etienne Morin, uh, six points in three games, including the game winning goal. In uh, Wednesday's huge win over uh, Rimouski. And uh, after that, we have Nicholas Billido in St. John um, setting a franchise record for points by a rookie defenseman in Sea Dogs history. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. 42nd point of the season Sunday afternoon. So he's one of those players, you know, everybody's talking like, uh, oh, uh, everybody's talking about Morin, you know, about the season he's having. Yep. Uh, this year, but uh, you know, don't look too far, man. This, uh, he, if he was playing on a better St. John team, I mean, he'd be right up there with, uh, with the, uh, with the points too. Yeah, fourteenth in the league. Well, yeah, for defenseman, forty-two. And uh, my uh, goalie of the week, um, after seeing on Twitter uh, of him wearing a uh, or donning a Bay Como Jakar jersey. <laughs> Uh, my goalie of the week is uh, Denis Duaron, because um, we all, like you said earlier, you know he will report to Bay Como, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we know he's, uh, I know he's a he's a brick wall back there when he's playing when he's playing ball hockey, yeah. And uh, I, I figure he'd be, uh, you know, just about the same kind of goalie on, on ice. So that's uh, yeah. oh, there's no way those skills don't translate well, that's, to that's on, on ice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So goalie of the week is Denis Duaron <laughs> of the Bay Como Jakar. That's a that's a big week for that guy. He's got a shout out last week. He mm-hmm. got the question of the week this week. A shout out from you on team of the week. That's uh, good for him. And that's that's what happens when you interact with us. Ask us questions. Have some fun. You might find yourself on the show. That's All right. right, everyone's second favorite part of the show. Valdor. 
Port. <laughs> Valdor. Yeah, they're helping us. <laughs> Lost both games on the uh, on the weekend. Um, they now drop to 17th, which is as far as they can drop. Uh, as uh, Bathurst has only two games left and 46 points. So The, o- the only team mathematically eliminated yep. from playoff contention. Congratulations, yep. Which Bathurst. they wouldn't be. Ha- if they'd have beat Cape Breton, all 18 teams would have mathematically been alive mm-hmm. going into the final week of the yeah. season. Um, yeah, so they dropped to 17th. That's as low as they can drop. Um, they got back-to-back against the Huskies this week. Yep. Which isn't going to be going to be tough. But, I mean, you go to your fourth and fifth goaltender, that's any team will struggle. Yep. Um, so the draft lottery show was announced for April 26th at 7.30 Atlantic time, 6.30 on RDS. We're trying to put something together for us, uh, as Moncton will have 28%, so 28% chance of the lotto selection. They'll have at least six balls in the drum. So that's – have we ever had that many? Like, what, like The laughing year, we were third chance, right? No, laughing year we had the best odds. Oh, did we have best odds? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because we were – I wasn't here for that. That's what I'm asking. We were god-awful. Yeah. And had the best odds, but had the absolute worst case scenario where we dropped from – because if you're – if you finish 18th, you can't go further down than third. So right. you're – so let's say, like – and in, in that draft, well, Ramuski's ball, I think, was picked first. And then who got the second pick? Who was um, – was it Robida? Nope. Nope. Robida was the 2019 nope. one. That's, oh, my God. Who am I thinking of? Uh, wasn't was that Poulin in Sherbrooke? Yes. Yep. So it was Ramuski. Ball got picked first. And then Sherbrooke, and then it might it might not even have been Moncton's ball that got picked third, right? But because they had the highest odds to win and weren't picked first and second, they automatically got the third pick. So right now, if things stay as is, because Valdor's got two games against Rouen, uh, and they've got fifty one points, Blaineville. Um, is one point ahead with 52. Blainville's their final two games are against Gatineau. I don't see them getting a point in any of those two games. Valdor, both games against Rouen. Um, so I, I, I see Valdor either finishing 17th or so 16th or 17th. If they finish 17th, which is the second highest, I guess, second best odds. Mm hmm. They can't – Moncton can't pick worse than fourth. So okay. you, the, you can drop down two spots. Right. Um, so first, worst-case scenario would be third. Second, worst-case scenario would be fourth. And third, worst-case scenario would be fifth. Uh, so right now, worst-case scenario is fourth. So we can either be second, third, or fourth in the draft. If we don't win the lottery. If we don't win yeah. the lottery. Yeah. And in 2019, we had uh, – we were 18th overall. We had the best chance of odds as well. So. Right. When we, when we when we got the Leroux one and St. Yeah, John won yeah, it with yeah, one yeah, ball. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which – who was that? Jerome Brewery? Says Saint, Valdor is probably going to win the lottery with St. John's pick. Yeah. Because that's just how that works. Mm-hmm. He should, should zip it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's how it is right now. So, both times they had the – 
best chances of winning the lottery and didn't come up with the lottery. Mm-hmm. Right now we have the second best chance, so maybe our luck will turn around. Hopefully, we'll the lottery. That would be that would be ideal. And maybe. for you, it's second, first, second, or third. That's where the there's a tiny bit of a drop off when you get into fourth. Well, I wouldn't say a drop. No, I would say after fourth, there's a drop. Okay, that's my personal opinion. I think you've got uh, four strong candidates out of Quebec. That would be the first uh, right now. I think the first four picks. And then um, depends what the team, whoever picks fifth, whatever they want. So, yeah, I mean, you've got to look at uh, that scenario. You've got to look at Sherbrooke because, we look, again, we have Sherbrooke's pick, right? Mm-hmm. And um, knowing that this draft will have 20 selections in the first round, you're currently looking at Sherbrooke as six, probably the 16th pick. 16, 17, 15th or 16th pick. So you're doing okay there. And then right now our pick would probably be, I can't do the math right now, but <laughs> um, we're, we're probably going to get, we're going to get three picks in the top 15. I would say 15 or 16, which is not bad. Because at this point we're going to have a pick at the top. We're going to have a pick at the middle and we're going to have a pick at the back end. So it'd be if you don't add the two picks, it'd be twelfth. Yep. Right now, so yeah. All right, that's so, not bad. We're kind of there, you know. We've got. Uh, Will we come away with three picks in that top? Doubt it. Doubt it. Probably move two of those to get some two high end talent. Two. Oh, two. You don't think they'll, they'll no. package two of them? No. Don't one for sure. One. one for sure. Yeah. Depends what the high end talent they're bringing back is, right? It might yeah. cost you twelve and sixteen or seventeen in the last two. Picks, I don't think they'll move the lottery, but it depends who's available, right? We've made our no, our uh, plan known who we want, so we'll have to see if that uh, if that comes to fruition. All right, let's get to the weekly rewind. Weekly rewind. Welcome to the weekly rewind presented by local sports pub. Looking for a great place to have some wings, beers, watch sports with friends. Heading to 1715 Main Street where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. All day happy hour on Monday where most products are $5.50 a pint. Wing night every Tuesday. A pound of wings and fries for $15.99. And now officially the host of the Wildcats Wildcats 2023 road viewing party. So at some point when the Wildcats are on the road, we don't know when. Um, we will be there. Like I said, a combination of Jeremy and myself, Jeremy and myself, Layla, myself and Layla. Just depends how this uh, works out. Hopefully, we get home so that you're there for both games. That's the key. That is the key. <laughs> or three. Or three. Yeah, could be three of them. Right. Yep. All right. As we get down to the end of the season again, it was a week uh, two of three victories. So if you're getting two of three victories every week. It's uh, it's a pretty good thing. Um, the Wildcats record is thirty three twenty nine one and two for sixty nine points. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Second in the Maritimes, now third in the conference, one point ahead of both Ramuski and Shakutami, uh, and they would play Baycomo if the playoffs started today. So the Wildcats cannot fall farther than sixth spot um, in the conference. So we still don't have an idea of who we're going to play or even if we're going to start on the road, um, but we can't fall farther than fifth. So It's going to come down the wire. Yep, yep. It's going to come down to two, three very winnable games and two against a team that we don't really feel like playing in the playoffs. Um, Tuesday, a massive victory over uh, Ramuski. It was Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, I forgot to change that day. Wednesday, <laughs> massive Ramuski uh, victory. Um, as that was just one of those weird schedule things because the game was postponed from the earlier trip. They had to go on that one one night trip and 
come back. Um, those three teams, they needed to beat all three teams to have a shot at third or a shot at home ice. They did beat all of them, uh, or they got five of the six points as they lost to Shikutami in, in overtime. But, um, I mean, they, they were up 3-2. They held on, and just Barbs has had such a resurgence in his 200-foot game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's blocking just about every shot that he can get in front of. Um, I think it was Baudouin that flipped it down the ice and Barb's got on his horse and, and sealed the game. I mean, it was just, he doesn't make that play. They Ramuski gets another opportunity in the offensive zone. Yep. Um, it just, that was an unbelievable play by Barb's in a game he needed to have. It was hustle, loyalty and respect. <laughs> no, you're right though. Uh, that was, I don't think we've seen hustle like that since uh, a certain number 11. Yep. Um, and so that, uh, that's, that speaks a lot for, uh, for him and, and his, you know, I guess really he's probably in his last couple months of, of junior hockey here and he's fighting for, uh, for an NHL contract and, uh, cause I don't see, uh, well, I guess it's possible that he's back as a 20 year old, but you know, 20 year old year olds take up two roster spots. So it's, uh, it's tough for. Uh, it'd be tough for that to happen, but uh, obviously, if he's back, it's 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 great for us. Yeah. But that was, uh, yeah. You you knew as soon as you saw him take the first few steps, he was going to win that race, and it was just a matter of him being able to get out from behind the net uh, and 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 get the puck into the net before uh, before the defenseman was hot in his heels. Right. It looks like he took. The right side of the net. Mm-hmm. The defenseman took the left side of the net, and he just kind of curled and dragged it into, into the uh, into the front. So that was, I mean, that was hard work, and uh, he got rewarded. And it was it was good to see that because really it was when when Ramuski tied it, you can kind of sense, you know, like, oh, yep, you <laughs> could, you can you could sense the goal coming too. You could sense the tying goal. Uh, you you kind of saw it coming. It was early in the third. Um, you know, do you like crap those early goals? They always come back to bite us. It's the late goals and the early girl goals yeah. that always uh, come back to to haunt us. But then you've got like, you know, you got a you got a power play, and then you know you've got uh, Chen Mora, who's just probably one of the best at a wrist shot in the entire league. Uh, picked a spot and and, and you got the game winning goal. <laughs> totally redeemed himself. Oh my god, yeah, because. <laughs> We both he sent was, the, uh, the same gift to each other, like yeah, ten seconds apart. He had turned out, he turned over the puck on the tying goal, and and then and then skated over it. Yeah, and just kind of or skipped over a stick, one of the two. But wasn't a fantastic defensive uh, zone performance on that uh, on that goal by him. But yeah, like totally redeemed himself by yeah. getting the game winning goal. And when we we're sitting at home, and I don't fist pump very much watching <laughs> webcast games, but I, yeah, I, I gave a little fist pump there watching that uh, watching that goal and. I went to the edge of the couch. Oh yeah. <laughs> once I got into that, uh, like once we took the lead, and as it was coming down, I was like, "All right, well, this seems like an edge of, ed- edge of the couch type game where you got to get a little bit closer to uh, oh, to the that, TV." Uh, what's that thing that Neil Hodge used to say in his in his articles? Uh, you pay for the whole seat. You pay for the, the whole edge. seat, but only the edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly how I was um, going into that one. Then on Friday night, I'm good. Then on uh, Friday night. <laughs> Too bad we didn't do this show on Austin 316 day. Um, yeah, celebrate new house. Um, 
The walk for those that don't understand what just happened, go to the YouTube at uh, about 32 minutes in and uh, find out what we're talking about. The Wildcats flat out survived against Charlottetown um, on St. Patty's Day with the jerseys. Uh, I said to Layla about halfway through the first period or midway through about six minutes into the second period, I was like, this is a game that has the feels of Jake Robillard stealing. We're going to have like 50 shots. He's going to, he gave up the one. Uh, but they're going to win 2-1 somehow because he's just going to steal this hockey game. And that's exactly how it felt. Again, the bigger the game, the more the Wildcats just seem to go into this protection mode where, against Ramuski, three shots in the second, six shots in the third. I think I messaged you and said they're in protection mode yep. midway through this game. They had the one nothing lead coming after 40 minutes. They went into protection mode. Charlottetown, 14 shots to four. Um Got all the way through overtime. A couple missed calls there. Again, like I said earlier, Hamel checking from behind should have been gone. Simon Hughes with the kneeing. Thank God Lotion was fine. Should have been gone. Um, but they weren't. They came back. And Gold Bishop, uh, were you a little bit surprised they put him out in the shootout as the fourth shooter? Well, you know what? Um Considering all the videos he has of yep. on YouTube showcasing his hands, uh, it doesn't didn't surprise me one bit. You knew he could, you knew he had the hands for for a shootout, but just never got the opportunity, and, and he did. And uh, good on him. You know, yeah. he was. Uh, it's not often you're a fourth line forward gets the fourth opportunity in a shootout. I think that's what surprised me. Is was, was, he was the fourth one? Like, yeah. No one had scored, and he was the guy. He uh, took advantage of it. You know he's uh, yeah. that's that's absolutely huge, and uh, you know his mom was in a was in the building to to witness that, and she was pretty excited to uh, to see that yeah. in person. And uh, good on him, you know, good uh, good Tennessee boy, you know. And uh, I was again, that's another one I was excited to see about because you, I think uh, when he scored his first two goals in his first in his first game, fans kind of got fired up, thinking this guy was. You know, the uh, comparisons that Richie, you know, the Richie comparisons when he referred to him as being a Matt Marquardt type player, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of this kind of got that, uh, got a little excited. And uh, he, he kind of, I'm not going to say he got, went down back, you know, down to earth, but when he was playing, when he, when he first came to Moncton, he was playing top line minutes, yeah. right? He was playing with the offensive producers. And I think that's a major reason why he got off to a really good start with the team, and then he started kind of going down on the on the depth chart, and now he's not playing with his, you know, players who have that that knack to put the puck on the net or put the puck in the net for that matter. Yeah, but he's he's getting his chances, and uh, he uh, he re- really really capitalized. Like that was a massive massive goal. Yeah, it wasn't like I was a little bit surprised he was the fourth shooter. I thought they put. Like, I thought maybe he'd be, like, 7th, 8th. But it wasn't a – he's got the hands. I mean, he's got his own little company, Fishy Dangles. It wasn't a big dangle. Like, he just that made was, a simple play, and yeah, when Robillard opened it up, he shot yeah. a five-hole real yeah. quick. Um, but, again, that's the second the second Islanders game, I believe, where it was kind of a trap game. And we're done with them now for the season, but, again, it was – they had the big one against Ramuski. They had the Charlottetown one, and then they had the one on Sunday against Halifax. Um, 
which out-of-town scoreboard before us was working overtime. Um, Quebec got big victories. Victoriaville got big victories. Um, Quebec even said, you're welcome to us for thanking them for beating Ramuski. <laughs> um, it's just that's where we're at right now is every score matters. And, you know, it's – I felt like they the Wildcats needed the victory against Charlottetown because I didn't feel they were going to beat – the Mooseheads, and they were three and one in 2022, and they're 0 and five in 2023. So it's like I'm already putting that one as an L. So I need Quebec, I need Victoriaville to help us in the standings get victories, which they did their part after we had lost. But I will give Moncton credit. I mean, to beating down eight to five or eight to three at that point, seven to seven to two. It, they battled back to put some pucks in the net. They clawed back. Yeah, they clawed a back. Bit. Um, Halifax is just, I mean, they're just like we were in 2020. They just have every single line strong, is good. They're a very strong team. They're yeah. very deep. Um, when they're in the offensive zone, they are skating circles around the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. And that's if it's, if the Wildcats get hemmed in and Halifax or any team for that matter is going to capitalize. And, you know, not, not a lot of these goals were, were a result of, you know, they weren't odd man rushes. They were rebounds. They were unable to clear the puck. They were skating around in circles. They mm-hmm. were not, none of them were really, really maybe two, two Halifax goals were, were as a, a result of, you know, they were plays that Halifax generated themselves. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was Moncton kicking themselves in the foot. And, you know, normally when you score five goals, that's enough to win a game in this league, but not against the Mooseheads. It's, you know, they've, how many goals have they scored against us in the past three games? A lot. A lot. 30, maybe. Yeah, 11. Pretty damn close to that. 11 and then six, six and, and then eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, 25. And we had four, one, and yeah, not a lot to a little, that's for sure. Yeah. 11. Um, I don't want to sound like an idiot on the phone on the, when this gets out. No, yeah, right. 25. <laughs> okay, thank God. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of goals to give up in uh, in three games, and uh, you just can't uh, can't allow that to happen. Yep. You know, there was there was one goal where I think it was the third Halifax goal. Reese uh, Reese Peitch got it, and I think he got four. On his fourth rebound is when he put the puck in the Is that net. the one where he spun where he spun Philly on around? No, it was I think it was towards the end of the first period. It was I think it was the third Halifax goal and he had three shots all saved by Philly on the fourth the fourth went in. Wow. It was like was it Peitch second goal? Second yeah, goal was, was Peitch. Yeah, second their second goal. Um you know, ample time to I think the third shot, it uh, Marcel saved it because mm-hmm. he dove across the, the the goal line, but he just couldn't get the fourth. Like it was, those are opportunities for your team to clear the puck. You know what's uh, that scene from uh, Mighty Ducks? Cleaning the garbage, yeah. taking out the trash, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the next uh, next two weeks, they're gonna have to learn to take up, start taking out the trash, or. Uh, their trash is gonna be taken out very quickly, and uh, yeah, you you know, you start not getting the puck out against 
I mean, you might get around away with it in the first round, but it, it's going to come back to haunt us in, in the second, especially in the second round. But you, you have to get the puck out the first chance. You can't be, you can't be scrambling in scramble mode, especially against better, um, better teams. I think Villian's played his last game in Moncton. Um, I mean, Dan Lacroix basically played him two weeks. Was it two weeks since his last start? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Against Halifax, setting him up for – that's not exactly setting him up for success. Leaves him in for another six, pulls him. I just – the lack of respect he's had for Philly in all season, uh, I can't see Philly on playing another game barring anything going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um Steinman will probably get the next three. Unless we have third knock locked in, he might play one of the final two games. But I, I can't see it, and I, I I just don't think he'll be back next year. Well, um, I'm kind of in the same boat where, you know, Steinman's going to be 19 next year. Filion's going to be 19 next year. Do you really need a 19-year-old backup? Uh-huh. That's where I sit right now. Uh, but uh, clearly, you know, he's he's a smart kid. He's probably one of the smartest, you know, in the classroom. Yeah. Right. So uh, you you can't uh, you can't ignore you can't ignore that. And um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's tough call right now. It's uh, not something I want to predict. But uh, yeah, not looking good. No, and it's. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to continue to harp on it, but it just—it's one of those situations where you can kind of see. It's not even like the last month; you can kind of see the writing on the wall all year. Steinman's a guy; he's going to continue to go um, the rest of the the rest of the way. And again, I mean, he's he held he stole that one for us against Charlottetown. He played really good against Ramuski, so he's getting his chances to play. But it's just it's a tough situation to watch for a goaltender that you know was. One of the bigger pieces of that deal. He wasn't a major piece. The major piece was this first first round pick, but um, it's just tough to tough to see. So we get to the final three games of the season tonight against Cape Breton. You can watch your boy get a chance to win a new washer and dryer for his new house. That worked out nicely. <laughs> uh, timing worked out there. Um, so I think I'm in the second intermission going against three other people um, for the Alpha washer and dryer against Cape Breton, and then Bathurst, Cape Breton this week. Um, Are you actually uh, in that? Yeah, the, uh, dryer. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you beat me. Because I beat you. Ah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, no games. I like, hope you don't get a damn puck in. <laughs> um, no games for teams around us on Wednesday. So, or I guess tonight. Um, but all the games are done Friday and Saturday. Ramuski will take on Quebec in back-to-back games. Uh, Baycomo and Shakutimi play back-to-back. So, we might, we might know who we're playing by Friday night, depending how the, the. Um, the games go and it might be a situation where it's a, to get third place. We got to beat Cape Breton at home on Saturday. You you hate to go into the last game of the regular season as a must win. Yeah. You know, you'd like to be able to get your, your guys rusted a little bit. Um, Maybe give Philly on that start, Yeah, you know, and give Simon a break. Uh, But yeah, you're right. I mean, this could literally go down to the, to the final, final game. Uh, final minutes of uh, yeah. the season, and I mean, Ramuski and Chikudami don't play Wednesday. So if we get the victory over Cape Breton Wednesday, we're at seventy-one points, three-point mm-hmm. lead, with everyone having two games left. So yeah. you're pretty much if you beat 
Bathurst, you, you're pretty much guaranteed third. Yeah. But these teams, I mean, Cape Breton is three points behind Baycomo with three games left in their season to get sixth sixth uh, position. So, you know, they're playing hard. Mm-hmm. Bathurst doesn't really have much to play for, but that's being able to spoil never, Moncton, yeah, that's, that's never not, a good thing, yeah. um, especially when Moncton could overlook them. So um, it's not a terrible final three games, but it's going to be in must win. And I think if you'd asked us mid-January, early February, three games left in the season for third place, will you take it? 100% we'd have taken it after losing 9 of 10. <laughs> I would have right? called you crazy if yeah. you would have, you know, it's, um, we were sitting here two months ago demanding a coaching change. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's like the individual team meetings seem to have kind of paid off. And, uh, you know, there, there was, because there, they're just playing different, a different style uh, of hockey. Uh, when I say that, it's still very frustrating mm-hmm. to watch sometimes uh, style of hockey. But a win is a win. And uh, like that Charlottetown game was a playoff game. Yep. That Ramuski game was a playoff game. So they're, they're going into the playoffs with having played a lot of playoff feel games recently mm-hmm. and i think that's probably going to help them and hopefully it will it's uh there's been a lot of tight games recently and as long as they don't go into that sit back protect a lead style because that's just gonna come back and haunt them yeah no need to you know you can still pinch and try to score goals but don't sit back on a lead. You know, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah, if we get a lead, let's get more than four um, four or five uh, shots coming down. So, um, all right, everyone's favorite part of the show. Eric Murray, realtor, firehouse from him, stick tap of the week. All right, so we're flipping things around again. Uh, I'm going to take the stick tap. Mr. Boucher is going to take the Wildcat of the week. Um, pretty simple for me. Uh, it is uh, Jake, Jake, <laughs> Jason, and Luke. Um, Juke, Juke, Team Juke, Team Juke Moving Company. Um, just unbelievable and uh, helping us move. They got here. They said they left their warehouse at eight. They were going to be there by eight thirty. They were at the house at eight fifteen. Um, this place was loaded and uh, unloaded by one one thirty quarter to two, um, and they just had one truck. Did it all in one load. Um, it was, it was unbelievable how fast they were moving, um, getting us, making it a seamless transition on a Sunday morning. Were they juking? They were juking all over the place here, there. You couldn't even see them. Um, yeah, good. Two good guys. Um, you know, they were very personable. Um, so if you are thinking of moving a use Eric Murray realty, he'll help you out. B um dm us and i'll give you the number for jason and luke and then uh, as well to my shop foreman ben kierstead who had loaned us his dodge truck um for the weekend to help me get why does that name sound familiar he works at moncton honda no i know a ben kierstead oh 
Might be that one. Probably. Um, Can't be a lot of Ben Kirsten. <laughs> probably not. He, he loaned us his truck, which, I mean, we just had the little car. So the fact that he was able to do that allowed the whole move to get done um, because we'd still be moving stuff in and out of our little car. Um, so those are your two stick tap of the weeks. The stick tap of the week sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. And that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. This month, uh, save 25% when you book a Manny and a Petty on the same site as well as 20% uh, unofficial this month. But this Wednesday and Thursday... <laughs> they have 40% flash sale on face shops and uh, facials and manicures. This one, I know it's well, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I like flash, I like flash sales, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I absolutely. To, yeah. I happen to love the old uh, yeah. facial well, flash I sale. The, I like, I like the facials too. So, yeah. um, anytime you can get a a good flash and a facial, you're, you're yeah. in good shape, yeah. Uh, so, um, Take advantage of their loyalty card as well. So call them at 506-830-1224 or drop in for a visit at 1224 Mountain Road. <clears throat> the uh, Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by uh, Rosemary Lynn's Massage and Spa, Massage and Spa is uh, none other than, as the Ramuski announcers called them, Jacob Steinman um, <laughs> with a 2.34 goals against average, 2-0 record, and a 9.23 save percentage. And Adam. Yes. We will be the first to announce this because a team I don't think has realized it yet. But Steinman's win against Charlottetown mm-hmm. was his 20th of the season which is a franchise record for most wins in a season by a rookie defenseman. De- not, not defenseman, excuse me, goaltender. Yeah. Most wins uh, by a Wildcats rookie goaltender in franchise history. Huh. That's pretty uh, That's pretty impressive. Previous record was 19. By? I've literally researched every possible goalie I could think of mm-hmm. and still cannot find it. Wasn't Riopelle, wasn't Crawford, wasn't Roman Will. Was it the first one in the first season with Wildcats? Bill. Bill. No. Regier. No. Maybe it was, was it John Francois? Danfoos. Danfoos. Uh, Breaking news here if it is. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think. Hmm. He's only six years older than me. Man, I feel <laughs> old. Uh, Moncton Wildcats. Now we need to go game. Where's game to game? We need game by game. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> no, he only had six wins in his rookie season. No. All right. Who the frig is it? I'm stumped, man. I have no idea. I have no idea who this is. If anybody knows who it is, I mean, seriously, like, um, because it's not a stat that they keep on there. It's not Riopelle. It's not Crawford. It's not Don Foose. It's not Roman Will. Who the heck would it be? Who am I, who am I missing here? I have no idea, uh, but maybe we have some homework for next week. <laughs> wouldn't be Matt Davis. 
Matt oh. Waite. Oh, kidding. fuck, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I got some research to do. Yeah. Wow. I, um... I can't think of it. <laughs> I, I've... Because there haven't been a lot of rookie goaltenders, right? Nope. And I mean, Steinman is 18, but they're counting him as a rookie because he didn't play. They're, they're counting him as a rookie because yeah. the Q site has the asterisk beside his name. Yeah. Which. Because uh, if you don't play 25 year, 25 games a year before, you end up being a rookie. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm, I'm, I can't. I have no idea. Well, stay tuned to next week as. Uh, someone out there knows it. Someone either will tell us or we'll figure it out for uh, next week's show. So um, don't forget uh, to vote for our wonderful sponsors from now until June 1st on moncton.communityvotes.com. Antlers Whiskey Lounge uh, for bars and pubs. Eric Murray Realtor uh, for real real estate. And then Rosemary Massage and Rosemary Lynn's Massage and Spa on um, healthcare and massages. I've got some tickets to give away for the Gen or the March 25th game against Cape Breton. It's such a simple question. What number does Jacob Pelche wear for the Calgary Flames? Oh, no, do. DMS. Uh, DMS, I'll also have this. as a, You can comment on it. I just want to give these two sets of two tickets away. So I made the question super easy. Again, what number does Jacob Pelche wear for the Calgary Flames? And you will be entered to win two tickets to this Saturday's game against Cape Breton. Here we go. Um Get your tickets, uh, your playoff tickets now. Um, you can still get those as well. Say uh, Cape Breton this Wednesday, Cape Breton on Saturday. These are two big games. We still don't know who we're playing in the playoffs, um, and that's kind of a. I think the Q's winning on this as they basically have playoff hockey now for the next week or so. Um, that's it for Jeremy. I'm Adam. You guys have a great week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.